The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Hello, Fire Whiskers. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Debt of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. And try to stay on topic. Which is easier said than done. Without further ado, here's this week's chapter of The Debt of Time. Hello, Fire Whiskers. And holy cow. So last night was the Super Bowl. Um, and I've seen a lot of very mixed reviews on Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show, which like, was it the most exciting, flashy thing I've ever seen? No. Did I see a woman who was very clearly in her second trimester hitting every freaking note on a hot mic? Yes. Did I see a woman who was very clearly pregnant attached to a freak when i they zoomed in on her and i could like see the platform moving i wanted to vomit but also like in my second trimester i could barely get out of bed so the fact that she even if she wasn't doing like big dance moves she hit every move she hit all her steps and she hit every freaking note like showmanship aside in terms of sheer talent and having not performed in seven or eight years. Damn. Damn. Also, what a fucking way to announce a pregnancy. <laughs> I enjoy the memes. That's why they call him ASAP. Uh. That almost made me spit my drink. Last night, though. Well, cause they asked her three months postpartum and based on how she looks, I'm going to assume she's six-ish months, which means she may not have known when she accepted it, but then, like, found out shortly thereafter. Did you know they don't get paid for that? And that doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, I, I had no know. idea. I read this article that was like, why Rihanna didn't get paid for the Super Bowl. And when I read it, some rep for the NFL or whatever was like, yeah, we don't pay them. We just cover the expenses of the show. And I was like, you don't pay them? Well, I mean, it's the biggest stage in the country. It probably gets seen by more people than any other performance throughout yeah. the year. So the I commercials mean, sucked ass, too. Yeah. But sucked. I finally listened to Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem because I missed it because my child was being a button yesterday. It was just rough. But Wow. I know. It was soulful and yeah. And like for me, the benchmark of like the GOAT for Super Bowl national anthems, no questions asked, hands down, Whitney freaking Houston. Yeah, that's what Twitter was saying. (laughs) This was the best since Whitney Houston. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. It is not better than Whitney, but it is definitely. Nobody is better than Whitney Whitney Houston. But it is That's why I like her version of I Will Always Love You Better Than Dolly Parton. I hate to say it, but it's true. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, Dolly Parton wrote that song and Jolene yeah, in the I same know. day. Yeah, so like if you ever really want to feel bad about yourself. But what I liked about his was it, it was soulful and it was different. 
it's what Fergie was trying to do with that really disastrous NBA game. Um, but it reminded me of, have you ever heard the national anthem in a minor key? No. So there was a guy on YouTube back when YouTube was the way to watch videos, not TikTok or Instagram. And he did minor versions of songs. I'm going to see if I can like try and remember what the notes. It was like, oh, say, can you see by the... No, is that? But I think it was... I'm going to take my fucking earpiece out. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? What so proudly we hailed. And it was just like this darker version of it. And that was kind of how that felt. Like it was, like it was a, that wasn't a, yay, we won the war. That was a, we've been fucking fired at all night. And the sun is finally coming up on me and all of my dirty and bloodied buddies. And fuck, that flag is still there. Like, Yeah. Which honestly kind of fits yes. the way the country feels right now. So, like, I am here for dark and soulful versions. Because, like, as many issues as we have in this country, that national anthem, when it is sung right, will make me cry every fucking time. Yeah. And all I'm saying, people, is if you ever get an opportunity to see that man live, take it. He is the real deal. Chris Stapleton puts on a show. And the fact that he gives his band and everybody a break and does acapella, which it, or whatever you want to call it, yep. him hit his guitar, nothing oh, so else. Dude, him and his guitar and nothing else. That was uh. like the greatest part of that concert. And the fact that he performs with his wife just makes me happy mm. too. And also he performed one of his songs and he was like, I like to do this on every show. And he was like, I know many of you probably don't know what the song is, but it's one of my favorites. And it was the first Chris Stapleton song I had ever heard of his besides when he performed Justin Timberlake. And I discovered who the heck this guy was. But I was like literally probably the only one in this stadium who knew this song. What was it? What are you listening to? Because, like, nobody around me was singing along with it. I was just sitting there, and I was just like, y'all suck. I like this song. Yeah, the the song is so good. That's up there with when Maroon 5, there was one of their songs that I really wanted them to play from Songs About Jane, and it was only on the bonus tracks. And they played it, and I lost my ever-loving mind. I know. I was there. I know you were. Was there? I mean, I still haven't forgiven you for seeing Chris Stapleton without me, but like, well, that's the Dark Wizard's fault because he's the one who bought the ticket, so that's not my fault. But my top three to see live of all time: Adele, Ed Sheeran, Chris Stapleton. I've only seen one of them, and I'm about to see the same one again. Um, My boss is actually going to see uh, Adele next week, and I am super jealous. Yes, I I am very jealous. But. uh, Anyhow. If only we had money. <laughs> yep. Um, now, I feel like this has been the season of mental health, but yeah, we love a th- trend. Um, not delving super deep into stuff, but uh, after much reflection and discussion and work with my therapist, um, we have determined that the cause of all of my issues um, appears to be something called burnout. Um, and after talking to multiple people who I have worked with and people within my life who know me fairly well, all of them agree that 
these symptoms have been present for probably the better part of two years, uh, if not longer. So, um, the fact that I made it this long is like, yay, but also I'm burnt the fuck out. Um, and based on the level of burnout, the time for adjusting while continuing to work has passed. And, um, I am currently, hopefully, working on going on a, let's call it a sabbatical, uh, because I don't want to use the other term because frankly, it's super depressing and it makes me feel like more of a failure than I already feel like. So we're going to call it a sabbatical because a sabbatical is a time to step away and improve your mind and body and self. And that is my goal. Um, and my therapist keeps yelling at me because I have come up with all of the things I want to do during my self-care plan. Uh, and I'm like, and I'm going to learn how to like crochet so that I have something to do with my hands that is not sitting on my phone scrolling social media while I watch TV because I can't sit still and watch TV. So I'm going to learn how to crochet and I'm going to learn, I'm going to bake bread because I've always wanted to bake bread and I'm, I'm going to start drawing more because I want to be more creative and I'm going to start. And she was like, part of your problem is that you are constantly trying to mark things off a list. In order for you to recover, you need to take a break from marking things off a list. You need to literally do nothing. Plan nothing and rest. You need rest. What you don't need is to step out of the fire that is burning you and step into another fire that you have created for yourself. Step out of the fire, let the burns heal, and then start lighting more candles. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't like not having a plan. And she's like, yes, I know. And that is why you burnt yourself out. So I'm like, okay. So um, fun fact, the first week of burnout recovery, the plan is to literally be a potato and lay in bed perhaps play video games, read, sleep some more, eat junk food, avoid and cooking. And who's going to take care of child? He's going to be in daycare. We're oh, leaving him okay. in daycare because part of the reason that I am burnt out is because I wake up to my child crying in the morning. And so before I pee or brush my teeth or do anything, I immediately go into my kid's room crossing my legs because I have to pee. And I change his diaper and get him milk and get him food. And then I go to the bathroom, quick pee, brush my teeth, and sometimes remember to put on deodorant. And then I run back you out. You know what I think you need to do? You need to take the advice of the lovely stewardesses on the airplane. Put your own oxygen mask on before helping others, Claire. Damn. <laughs> that was deep. And I just made that up. Like, that just popped into my head. Damn. <laughs> All right, here's your five cents, Lucy. Dang. Yeah. You got a nickel. <laughs> I got a nickel. You hear that? Oh, by the way, did you sound? hear? Huh? Did you hear part of the sun fell down? I'm sorry. What? Yeah, part of the sun fell down. Or off, whatever this like the sun yeah like the big burning yeah. ball of gas in the sky yeah if you google it you can find articles about it the sun fell down it fell off it fell off it fell the fuck off it's 
little tater salad humor for you. But yeah, it fell off. Piece of sun breaks off, stunned scientists, quote, very curious. Yeah. They don't know why it happened. And then my dad is explaining to me about how the sun has these, like, rays or something that could, like, bust out all of our technology and no ATMs and stuff will work. Yeah, and I was like, oh, so yeah, part of the sun fell off at the northern pole. And at least this one wasn't your prediction. Yeah, I did make the mistake of making a list of things that I put on my apocalypse bingo. So if any of them come true, I'm sorry. But yeah, part of the sun fell off. (laughs) It said something broke away. I I feel like that may have been more of like a ray or something than an actual like piece of the sun breaking off. Yeah. But yeah, let's see. Um, (laughs) All right. Possible options for the 2023 apocalypse bingo. Since we have already had... um, Egg inflation and literal UFOs getting shot down. Three of them, apparently. Yes, for those of you not following U.S. uh, political news, um, I don't even know if it's political news, but news. Uh, We had a giant Chinese weather balloon, spy balloon, weather balloon, uh, float over the entirety of the United States uh, because they wanted to shoot it down where there weren't going to be people, which I don't understand why they didn't shoot it down over Montana. There's not a lot of people per square mile. But anyway, so they shot it down over the ocean. My dad's comment to the balloon was, how come no one's made a meme about that movie? No, but that would have been perfect. And I was like... Yes, Daddy. Yeah, yes, it was. I, I will teach you how to make gifts and <laughs> memes, and you can do that. So they did shoot it down over the Atlantic Ocean, but unfortunately, where they shot it down, uh, it sank too deep for them to recover it. So we don't actually know it was on it. And then uh, at least two, possibly three, unidentified flying objects were shot down uh, over Alaska, Canada, and I think one of the Great Lakes. Um, but yes, it's, it's cylindrical objects flying in the air, shot down by fighter jets. It's been a weird time. I'm not saying it's aliens. It could be aliens. But um, feel free to start booing now. Uh, Possible options for 2023 apocalypse bingo include confirmation of extraterrestrial life, AI dolls as kid toys, Banksy revealed to be somebody we already knew, World War III, though that's been on the board since 2020, and the Iranian general unaliving. AI kids toys, I feel like is already a thing. I mean like lifelike little dolls that talk and grow with your family, like an actual child. Kind of like Megan. That new scary movie. Yeah, we're not seeing that. Attempted coup in Iran, some sort of crazy robot, uh, invention from Japan, bizarre trend such as spiky mohawks coming back, feather eyelashes. A stupid kid dare on par with the Cinnamon and Tide Pod challenge, TikTok revealed as Chinese software providing intel for invasion, an EMP, and super Ebola. So, heard it here, folks. Heard it here first, folks. Yeah, I don't want any more viruses. Let's not... I'm done. No, yeah. no more viruses. I will go on the internet and buy a John Travolta bubble if that happens. I will be a hamster. <laughs> Like, I, I, mean, I will never go outside again. I will learn to make money at home. I don't care. Ah, uh, yes. Anyhow. You know, those lists that people have of, like, famous people that they would sleep with if they had the opportunity? Mm-hmm. Minus Seth MacFarlane. That, that is one of mine. Seth MacFarlane. 
I'm sorry? Seth MacFarlane. Is it because he's funny? Yes, I mean, uh, I he, also... he's not an unattractive guy. I just, I, I don't know yeah, that I've ever it... had anybody say Seth MacFarlane before. I mean, yeah, it is because he's funny, but also I do find him strangely attractive, just like how I kind of like um, National Treasure Nick Oh, Cage. Nick Cage, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, but it has oh. to be the National Treasure Nick Cage. It can't be like uh, any other. Moonstruck Nick Cage. Family yeah, guy. Family man eyebrows. Nick Cage. But yeah, Seth MacFarlane. I like Seth MacFarlane. Jason Momoa and Charlize Theron. And this is not rando. I've been rewatching Friends because it makes me happy. So I got to the one where Ross laminates his. That's why I said that. But I, I, I've been it's watching Bella of- You're on my list. I'm not on this. Yeah. It's incomplete. It's laminated. <laughs> yeah. But I've been watching a lot of Graham Norton lately again. So I've been seeing old Seth MacFarlane interviews and I just. There's something about Seth MacFarlane. I've actually started rewatching Gilmore Girls because I read um, Talking As Fast As I Can. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you like Gilmore Girls, read that freaking book. Like, seriously. And, and she reads it herself. So, like, listen to it. Because it, it doesn't even sound like she's reading a book. It just sounds like she's talking to you and telling you a story. And it's great. Yeah, being an adult has kind of ruined that show for me. Like, I still like it, but I never realized how annoying some of these characters are and these situations are until you get older. Like, and I didn't also realize how much my mom is Emily Gilmore without the money. But, yeah. We need to start reading because my voice is going. Oh, shit. What had happened was... All I remember... Because even though it's been so long, I've been very lazy in dealing with a lot of things. So I haven't written this down. But I remember something <laughs> about legislation and them talking about Unbridge about something or other. And then that they were going to start a piece of legislation. I don't know. And Kingsley was there. I remember that. And then I guess they were talking with the ministry, I guess, because Fudge was there. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So basically three chapters covered the same scene, which was essentially Maya having, I don't think filibuster is the right word, but essentially forcing the Wizen Gamut to sit in session for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And our listeners are going to kill you too. Yeah. So essentially Umbridge had been carted away. Um, they brought up the fact that a piece of legislation was coming across about um, the registries for magical beings. Uh, and so that got thrown out. Um, and they're going through every single piece of legislation that Umbridge ever wrote or was signed for her. Um, they're trying to find, you know, li- a place for the Mer people to live or essentially saying, no, you cannot own their land. I don't care if you think you own this lake they live there you cannot just take it from them uh if you want what they have you can trade with them because they are people and that is their sovereign territory it's kind of like pocahontas in the wizarding world yeah uh so it it is very much a comparison to i think recently they discovered that like a large part of oklahoma didn't actually belong to the united states because it had been promised to the uh 
first people. And uh, so they are, I, I think like, Tulsa is technically no longer in the United States. It's in, uh, I guess it's not, I don't think it's called a reservation. Uh, It might just be like uh, Native American territory or something like that. But yeah, no, it's wild. Well, you know what is also wild? I was today years old. And I, I mean, today, I mean, like about a month ago. That I realized that the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino has to be owned by Indians because you can gamble there. Native Americans. And I had no idea. Although technically I think they call it like the Indian law enforcement or something like that. Like they, they do occasionally yes. use the term Indian. But- I had no idea because there's gambling there because I always associate the casino with the Mikasuki tribe of Indian one. Yeah. I had no idea that the Hard Rock won because you can only gamble on their land. Unless it's in... I had no I think, idea. I think Vegas and Reno are the only exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I just found that out. Like... Yeah. Um, no idea. But anyway, uh, the last chapter also talked about, you know, legislating werewolves and how... And I think they elected Remus to be like the liaison for werewolves. Um, also, the Mal- Malfoy family is building an orphanage on their land in exchange for getting their money and land back. Yes. So. Because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. That being said, author's note. For those who have been reading for a long time, you'll know that there's one question I've refused to answer. I think I just wanted to have at least one thing be a happy surprise. That question is answered in this chapter. I hope it was worth the wait. What question? Can you think of a character from the 1970s who we haven't heard from? Uh, no. Okay. Chapter 148, Mistress and Masters. What the fuck? Mistress and Masters. January 30th, 1999. Over my dead body, Maya yelled at Sirius, as Remus walked into the drawing room to find them arguing. He dropped himself on the sofa, his eyes heavy and red-rimmed. What are the two of you rowing about now? I'm sorry, love, I know the moon's tomorrow. We didn't mean to yell. Do you need a pain relief potion? Remus replied by holding up an empty file. We're arguing about where to have the wedding ceremony. She quietly told him, as she took the small glass bottle from his hands and vanished it. Sirius folded his arms and shrugged. Molly and Arthur can put together a nice spread, that's all I'm saying. I don't want to get married at the burrow, Maya insisted stubbornly. I love Molly dearly, but I'm not going to let her control my wedding. I was there when she put together Bill and Floors. It was a nightmare. And that was on top of dealing with a war, bringing you back from the dead, and making plans to hunt down Horcruxes. With free reign and no impending Dark Lord, Molly Weasley would lose complete control and drive me to St. Mungo's. Minerva's offered Hogwarts grounds as long as we can wait until July. Absolutely not. I want to get married on the summer solstice. Plus, it'll fall a week before the full moon, which gives us enough time to have a short honeymoon and be back in time to be with Remus. He craned his neck to glance up at her. The effort to do so looked painful. Please don't schedule your honeymoon around my needs. I can be alone. Sirius scoffed incredulously. Over my dead body. 
Maya dipped her head in agreement. They still argued constantly about their relationship, their living arrangements, future careers, money, and who did the dishes last, but the one thing they never argued about was taking care of family. It was a silent agreement that, after leaving Remus alone for so many years, the pair of them would never abandon him on the full moon again as long as they lived. We'll both be dead if we can't find a place to get married. She took a seat on the sofa besides Remus, scooting closer and closer until he wrapped an arm around her shoulders, and she cuddled into his chest, pouting. I wish the manor still. I've been meaning to ask for months. What happened to the manor? I don't know why, but I always just assumed it was destroyed in the war. Sirius shook his head. No way. James put up blood wards. Only potters could get in and out of that thing once he moved to Godric's Hollow permanently. Her eyes widened with delight as she sat up straight. We could get married at the manor, like Jamie and Lily did. She threw an apologetic smile to Remus when he cringed at her volume. What's going on? Harry asked as he walked into the room, likely summoned by all the shouting and shrieking. We're getting married at Potter Manor. Maya declared with a grin. I can't wait to show it to you, Harry. It's the most beautiful place in the world, and there's these gorgeous orchards out back, and a river that cuts through the land, and... We have a manor? Harry asked, confused. Maya's smile faded as she stood up, walking across the room to smack Sirius on the arm. What the hell have you spent the last few years telling Harry about regarding the family? Sirius recoiled from her smack, laughing as he said, Mostly embarrassing stuff about prongs. You're impossible. She rolled her eyes and tugged on the sleeve of his shirt. Come on, I want to go and see it. It's been twenty years, and I'm sure it'll be in serious need of good cleaning. Could just hire some house elves to do it, Sirius said, and when Maya turned around to look at him with a horrified stare, he sighed. What? I said hire, as in pay them. I, I didn't. Maya shook her head and whispered. Tilly... Another casualty I couldn't protect and haven't even thought about. Where is she buried? Sirius scratched at the stubble on his face. Um, I don't know. Maya looked over to the sofa. Remus? No idea. What do you mean? Where is my house elf buried? Remus shrugged and looked at Sirius for help. Sirius shook his head. I didn't see her body at Godric's Hollow, he said quietly. She wasn't staying with Prongs and Lily. Where the hell was she? Maya snapped. Potter Manor, Sirius replied. Prongs had her staying there. Maya gasped in horror at what that could possibly mean for her house help. You mean to tell me that when my brother died and blood wards activated, no one thought to maybe use Harry to check on Tilly? Oh, it's Tilly! <laughs> I love you. I forgot about Tilly. I don't know if I'm going to be able to voice Tilly today, but we'll see. Well, I was a little preoccupied, kitten. Azkaban, remember? Sirius said coolly. All attention turned to Remus. Don't look at me, he said, hands up in surrender. I didn't even have a say in the funerals. Dumbledore did anything. Also, I'm so sorry, guys. I am so congested. I know that when I do the lower voices, it sounds very much like I am super congested, but it is because I am super congested, and it is very hard to enunciate around that. Yeah, it's like you're doing your Neville with a broken Yes, it's, except not on purpose. <sighs> Shit, Sirius said under his breath. 
If she's... Okay, all we need is Harry, and we'll operate outside the manor and get in through the wards. Kitten, I swear if I'd known there was a chance that she was... I would have broken into the manor long before this, but I'm not a potter. I can't get inside. Everyone up, Maya insisted, reaching for Remus's hand and then tugging Harry forward as well. She looked at Sirius, shaking her head. You are an idiot. You're terrible at flirting, he said. Maya growled at him and took a hold of the silver chain around his neck, staring at him incredulously. Oh, Sirius said, cringing, as understanding apparently hit him. He nodded in agreement. Yeah, idiot. Everyone hold on tight, Maya insist instructed, placing Remus's and Harry's hands on the silver chain as she reached for her wand. Portis! The emergency port key dumped them all into the center of the drawing room of Potter Manor, right in front of the fireplace as it had done with Sirius many years ago when he had escaped Grimold Place for the first time. Despite the travel making her slightly nauseated, Maya was the first to her feet, followed by Harry, who stood and looked around the room in awe. It looks just like Gryffindor Tower, he said with a large smile. The large windows were draped in crimson and gold crushed velvet curtains. All of the furniture was made of dark wood, and the sofas and chairs were covered in pillows. And it's huge! Hermione's, this place yours? Yours, technically. Jamie left everything to you. I don't. This is too big. <laughs> That's what she said. He said, suddenly looking very, very small. <laughs> That's what she said. Sorry. <laughs> Is it ever too big, though? Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. Uh, I'm just fun fact. Um, peni come in various lengths and girths and curvatures. Correct. Yes. Um, yes. So do women. Somebody did castings of interiors. And some women had much shorter canals, but some women had much deeper ones. Some had very, very narrow ones. Some had like a narrow and then a wide opening. And um, yeah, so none of us are built the same. We all have different sizes. So the idea that whoever you marry will be a perfect fit is actually bullshit and you should probably test the key in the lock to see if it even fits before committing to that particular key or lock for life. And that is my two cents. Yeah. Anyway. How do you even go about casting that? I am going to assume that people were not alive. Okay. That is my <laughs> assumption, though. Okay. I'm trying to remember the stuff they use when you bite down. Yeah. That just like hardens. When Yeah. So I'm almost wondering if they used that. I just I don't know how you would get it out. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But because okay. they also cast the outside as well to show how different yeah. flowers have different petals. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, so uh, that was fascinating because I think it was like four different yeah. ones and it took me a minute to realize it was like the same four from like different angles, but it was 
crazy to see like how differently they were shaped because there was one that actually absolutely looked like a textbook and the rest of them I was like I didn't know they could look like that <laughs> so yeah okay. and this is your friendly reminder if it hurts talk to your doctor because it's not supposed to hurt and that means there's something wrong <clears throat> yep <sighs> unless you like it it's, mm, yeah mm, yeah mm, Mm. Th th there's enjoyable pain That's what and I'm there, th there, so there is like not enjoyable pain yeah so if it's not enjoyable mm -hmm. then you see your doctor if you like it you're okay yeah. uh-huh yeah because uh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're not we're not gonna get into it that's gonna be a tmi thing that hannah beth would still have to cut out but yeah, it should never hurt. And when it hurts, it is not fun. Yeah. <sighs> Hashtag fuck pregnancy. Just kidding. Do not fuck during pregnancy because for some people it hurts. Yeah. The, so the dark wizard told me about this video he saw where this guy was at his friend's house and he was trying to, and his friend was trying to put his kid to sleep and he was going around clapping while he was putting the kid to sleep and his friend's like, why are you clapping? And he was like, so when he gets older, when he hears this, he doesn't come looking to see what it is. <laughs> A true friend. To get him used to the baby hearing that, so eventually when he hears that, he doesn't go run. You know, that is one of the true blessings of my life, is that I have never overheard nor walked in on my parents. Because I have lots of friends who are not so lucky. But you gotta admit that that's kind of a genius idea, just to get him used to hearing fucking hair <laughs> i literally can't see Catherine. she like collapsed out of camera view. <laughs> it's so funny and i'm like you're gonna do that aren't you and he was like shut up and i'm like okay so we put our kid <laughs> To celebrate the return of Tilly, the best house elf, we're doing 20% off in Beating Kit Kat's store on Etsy because she loves us and you. Remember that Beating Kit Kat does produce Shia-approved debt of time-related jewelry as well as pendants with your favorite Patronus. And can you swim pendants? Remember, this is Beating Kit Kat on Etsy. You can find a link to her store in our show notes. Everything is on sale, 20% off, and if you use the code TILLY, you get $15 off your order. FWHpod will get you $10 off all of the time, but for this week only, if you use the code TILLY, that is capital T-I-L-L-Y, you get $15 off your order, so go quickly. Anyway, the dead of time. Ah, oh, Jesus, we're not even halfway through this. We gotta get through. <sighs> right. Read, bitch, read. A manor was much different than a cupboard under the stairs, after all. Get used to it, Sirius said as he stood up, helping Remus to his feet in the process. If this place is habitable, we're out at number 12. I say we burn it to the ground, but the connecting muggle homes might take issue with that. Tilly? Maya shouted down the hallway. Tilly? 
She turned back, tears in her eyes. I swear to Merlin, if something happened to her, I'll... There was a soft pop in the corner, and they all turned to spot a small, sprightly-looking house elf wearing a clean tea towel. Her bright blue eyes stared up at Maya's face with awe and wonder before a large smile overtook her face. Mistress? Tia gasped and fell to her knees in front of the little elf. She pulled her into a tight hug that Tilly reciprocated without hesitation. Tilly has waited a very long time to see Mistress again, she whispered softly. No, that's not right. Yes, it is. Well, no, 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 no. Like, the emphasis was wrong. Tilly has waited a very long time to see her mistress again, she whispered softly, stroking the back of Maya's hair like she used to do when she was little. It's sounding very Mickey Mouse, but whatever, we're just here now. No, it does not. The boy. <laughs> Maya pulled away and laughed, wiping the tears from her face. Tilly, I'm so sorry. If I'd known that you'd, that you were here, I would have come as soon as possible. I didn't even think she said, and finally took a good look around the house. Mother of Tilly, the manor looks just like it did twenty years ago. The elf shrugged. Tilly keeps busy. Maya frowned, noting that the elf had aged, but not very much. Unlike Creature, who had been left to his own devices for years, Tilly was clean and looked sane. You've been here all this time alone? Tilly, you should have left. Tilly shook her head. Master told Tilly to stay, she said firmly, emphasizing her statement by pointing at the ground. Oh, hell. Jamie. Tilly narrowed her gaze and growled. Mistress must not curse Master, she insisted, patting Maya on the head like an obedient pet when she looked contrite. Everyone knows who Mistress is now? Tilly can speak of it? Maya nodded, smiling as she felt the elf's relief. Yes, Tilly, you can do whatever it pleases you. Anything that pleases Tilly? She asked nervously, twisting her tea towel around in her fingers. When Maya silently assented, she grinned and turned to look at Sirius and Remus. Holding out her hand, a rolled-up copy of the Daily Prophet appeared in it. Stepping forward, she began whacking the wizards on the legs with the paper. When she could not reach their heads, she levitated the paper upward and used her magic to thwap them repeatedly. Ow! Sirius shouted, covering his head with his arms. What the fuck? Remus winced. Tilly, stop! Bad boys! Tilly watches them yell at each other, makes Master and Mistress Lily sad. Mistress said to trust each other. There's... These bad wizards needs to be punished. Tilly spanks them. While the paper continued to hit them over the hedge repeatedly, Tilly made her way around to firmly smack Sirius on his arse. Careful, Tilly, I might like that. Ow! Sirius jumped away from her, grasping his backside with both hands. Not so fucking hard. Tilly does as Tilly does! Remus had the grace to at least seem apologetic. We're very sorry, Tilly. She smiled up at him sweetly and vanished the paper. Tilly makes Master Remus his favorite chocolate cake, she promised before turning to look at Sirius with narrowed eyes. You is getting nothing. Maya grinned, her heart feeling years younger at the sound of Tilly's voice. I've punished Sirius quite a bit since I've returned. The house elf nodded in approval and gestured between Maya and Sirius. Tilly sees the bond. Very strong. Lots of practice she said knowingly, offering Maya a coy smirk. 
when her focus fell on Maya's hand. She smiled brightly and gasped. And he gives Mistress her grandmother's ring? She was a bad witch, but now a good witch wears it. Mistress brings honor to the House of Black, makes it noble again. She turned to look back at Sirius, perhaps finally in approval, but her attention was drawn to a head of messy black hair and bespectacled green eyes, till he let go of Maya's hand and slowly approached, her mouth open, her eyes soft. Oh, Harry Potter, Tilly said the name with such sweet reverence. Harry smiled awkwardly. Um, nice to meet you, Tilly. Meet? Tilly does not meet Harry Potter. She insisted as she walked up, taking his hand in both of hers and stroking the back of it, petting him affectionately. Young Master Harry was Tilly's baby. Tilly takes care of him when he was very small. What? Harry said. You, you did? She bobbed her head, her ears flapping with the motion. Tilly changes nappies and makes food even when Mistress Lily says not to, but Tilly doesn't pick up the toys. That be Master's job. Mistress Lily says so. Maya frowned, dread filling her. Tilly, you know that Jamie and Lily... Tilly knows, the elf said quickly, cutting her off. House of Potter strong once more, has a new master now. Harry cleared his throat, looking like he wanted to take his hand back, but not offend Tilly in the process. I'm not Tilly, I'm not your master... He said, and looked up at Maya in a panic. Hermione, should I give her clothes? Maya laughed in amusement. She'll bite you if you even try. Harry grinned wryly. She's not joking, Harry, Sirius insisted. Tilly knows who Tilly belongs to. The elf looked over at Maya with a lovingly devoted smile. Mistress and... She turned and glared at Sirius, pointing at him. That one. <laughs> Quick, quick tangent. Um, we have friends who have young children, and their daughter Luna, ironically, blonde hair, blue eyed, very daydreamy, hilarious, really fits. Um, she was probably like two when we started hanging out with them and was starting to talk. And around age three, she recognized Uncle Jimmy and Aunt Claire. But uh, they had a friend named Sarah would come around. And so a lot of times I got called Aunt Sarah, not Aunt Claire. So anyway, she would get very excited and say, Uncle Jimmy, Aunt Sarah. And they're like, that's not Aunt Sarah. Um, so she knew that I wasn't Aunt Sarah, but I guess Claire was just hard for her to say. And so we we're sitting at the dining room table and they're like, all right, Luna, who is that? And she goes, Uncle Jimmy. And they're like, yes, that's Uncle Jimmy. And who is that? And she looks at me and she goes, that one! <laughs> so, Jimmy, to this day, will occasionally be like, hey, we're going to go visit, you know, Lily and Luna. Come on, JD. Come on, that one. I'm like, yeah, thanks, dick. But anyway. Also, yes, they named their children Luna and Lily. I'm that one? Remember when she used to like me? Sirius asked Remus. Tilly likes him again when he marries Mistress like a good boy, the elf promised, releasing Harry's hand to walk over to Maya, taking her hand instead and admiring the opal ring there. Mistress Doria insisted. My mother was... Maya began to ask, but stopped and rolled her eyes with a put-upon sigh. 
Of course my mother had planned our wedding. Why wouldn't she? Tilly grinned and snapped her fingers. A large stack of rolled parchments appeared on the table, all sealed with crimson wax and tied with a green ribbon. Tilly kept all the plants. A thought suddenly occurred to Maya. Tilly, how old were we when Mum started planning this? Mistress went to Hogwarts for the fourth time. Fourth year? Remus frowned, his eyes fall, er, his mouth falling open. You started dating me fourth year. It's kind of insulting that your mother started planning your wedding to Sirius while you were dating me. Mistress Doria knew many things, Tilly said. New Master Remus would find his true mate. Tilly sees the bond. Tilly wants to see the baby. Remus laughed at that and reached for his pocket where he kept a small photograph of Teddy. Mum knew about me being from the future, Maya explained to Harry. She knew who you were, who Remus was, and what Sirius was to me, even back then. So let me get this straight. Sirius looked down at the elf. I'll be your master when I marry Maya. Tilly nodded. Like Mistress Lily. What about Harry? She rolled her eyes dramatically. Tilly is a black elf. She passes from mistress to mistress. Tilly served Mistress Lily because Mistress Mia... Mia Thermopolis. Fuck. God, I haven't done that in years. Tilly served Mistress Lily because Mistress Lily says so. Young Master Harry not need Tilly. He has his own elf. I have a random question about elves. Yeah. Where do they come from? Are they animals? Are they people? What are they? Do I know the actual answer? No. Did I take a lot of anthropology and human species ev evolution classes? Yes. So I am going to assume that in the magical world, they are very similar to the different uh, homo species that evolved. Um, do you know what the, unca what the uncanny valley is? No. Uh, the Uncanny Valley is uh, humans being very uncomfortable with things that look human but are just a little bit off. Uh, it's why a lot of people don't like the movie The Polar Express because it is very lifelike but also not. And that very slight deviation just makes people not like it. They like things that are very clearly not human looking. Um, it's why some people find like certain video games they're aver or they have an aversion to it because they don't like that similarity. Same thing with like AI bots that look human-like. Now, humans are one of the only animals that have the uncanny valley effect. And, um, you know, somebody was like, oh, I wonder why it is that humans are so freaked out by humanoid looking things. Well, the answer is because uh, thousands of years ago, millions of years ago, I think hundreds of thousands of years ago, um, yeah, I can't remember when Homo sapiens became dominant, but we essentially killed all other humanoid types. The Neanderthal, the, the fuck, there's like an Australia one. Um, but essentially we, there were, I think like f between five and nine other human-like descendants from apes and we killed all of them off and that is why we have the uncanny valley effect is because we 
through evolution, did have to kill anything that was close to human but not human, because that is how we became the dominant species. All of that being said, within the magical world, my assumption would be from the same evolutionary start where magical humans came from, one would assume that there was some sort of magical ape that we descended from, and there was a tall version and a short version, and probably another version that liked being underground, and that's where the goblins came from. So, like, it's basically... (sighs) We are very closely related to chimpanzees, so my assumption is that that relationship is very similar. So, like, bottlenose dolphin porpoises, river dolphins, those are all, they're close, but they're not the same. That is my assumption about where humans, house elves, goblins, and other human-like creatures come from. Yeah, because, like, Tilly's obviously very advanced because she can clean and talk and walk and do all kinds of stuff like that and cook. Yeah, she can do everything a person can, and she, her magic is technically stronger. She doesn't need a wand. All of hers is wandless. Yeah. So in terms of magic, house elves are technically better than wizards, because wizards require a conduit, a.k.a. wand with a core to focus their magic. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering where they came from, because she seems very advanced, so. Yes. Yes, it's because she's a different species of human or homo whatever okay homo elphus <laughs> elf sapien no 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 homo is the start and then sapien is the species like homo erectus yeah okay anyway uh so tilly just said that harry has his own elf I do? Harry blinked in confusion, cringing when he asked, You mean creature? Tilly not say that. Creature is a bad elf, crazy elf. Creature has been knocked in the head too many times. Tilly meant Dobby. What? Harry's eyes flew wide open. Dobby? Tilly, Dobby isn't Harry's house elf. Maya said softly, suddenly worried that perhaps she had been left alone for far too long. Harry freed Dobby from Lucius Malfoy years ago. Tilly knows this! She waved Maya off impatiently. Maya couldn't help but feel like her intelligence was being called into question. How? Dobby is Tilly's brother, the elf said to the shock of everyone in the room. Dobby visits, tells Tilly all about brave Harry Potter who fights dark wizards. Dobby protects Harry Potter. Tilly says so. Harry's jaw fell open. You told Dobby to protect me? He asked, kneeling down in front of Tilly in gratitude. Dobby do it anyway, Tilly shrugged and smiled at him. He loves his master, Harry. I don't understand. I'm not his master, Harry insisted. I don't, I wouldn't own a house elf. Young master is cute, Tilly said, leaning forward to pinch his cheek. Thinks he has a choice. Dobby does as Dobby does. He bond with Harry Potter right away, socks still in hand. You wizards, you not know what free means. Clothes not make us free. 
obviously shocked by the new information in regards to something that happened over six years ago. Harry stood up and called out, Dobby? The small elf appeared with a loud crack, looking immediately to Harry with a bright smile. He wore a purple scarf around his neck, three sets of mismatched socks on each foot, and a crooked hat that only covered one of his bat-like ears. At the sight of Harry, Dobby removed his hat respectfully. The great Harry Potter calls for Dobby? Dobby loves... Tilly stepped in front of him. His ears flattened against his head and his eyes widened. Uh-oh. She folded her arms and looked at him sternly. Dobby? Tilly? Dobby responded anxiously. Frowning, Tilly smacked Dobby on the head. Dobby is a bad elf. Dobby lies to his master about being free. Ow! Dobby covered his head and growled, reaching up, swatting at the other elf as she continued to hit him. Tilly lies to her mistress about being mistress, he said, pointing at Maya. Tilly knows better than Dobby. Dobby scoffed. Tilly likes to think so. This might be the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life, Sirius said with a grin. Tilly is a bad elf, Dobby shot back at her. Tilly not tell mistress who she is. Young miss grows up thinking she's muggle. Tilly not supposed to. Dobby not even supposed to know about mistress, but Dobby nasty snoop. Dobby, did you know who I was this whole time? Maya asked him. The house elf turned, worrying his hat in his hands as he faced her, slowly nodding his large head. Dobby knew. Did you know that... <clears throat> Did you know that giving elves clothes wouldn't free them? All throughout Hogwarts, all those hats and scarves I knitted. Clothes is complicated, he said quietly with a shrug. Elves pass down in families, clothes free elves from bad wizards. The elf goes back to good wizards. Young miss like to knit, Dobby likes to wear hats and scarves. Hogwarts house elves not know better. You let Dumbledore pay you, Maya pointed out. Tilly's eyes widened in absolute horror. Dobby did what? Dobby flushed and ran to hide behind Harry. Dobby? Harry looked down at him. Did you? Am I your master? The little elf bit his lip anxiously. Dobby is always happy to serve Harry Potter, sir. Harry sighed in clear frustration. Dobby, I don't want you to serve me. I thought, I thought we were friends. Dobby's large eyes widened further and tears prickled at the edges. Harry Potter thinks, thinks that Dobby is his friend. He sniffled once before he started crying. As he wept, dripping large tears onto the hardwood floor, he made his way towards the fireplace and reached for the poker. Oh no, Tilly said, rolling her eyes. Dobby, stop! Harry yelled, just as Dobby gripped the poker tightly in his hand. I forbid you to punish yourself. Dobby halted immediately. Young Master Harry is a smart master, Tilly said affectionately. Young Master Dobby saved Dobby. Fuck. Young Master saved Dobby from the bad Malfoys. Dobby belonged to young Miss Sissa. She gave her husband gift of house elf. He a bad wizard. He's also dead, Maya snarled. Suffer much? Tilly asked. His son basically cut him in half when he threatened Narcissa. She replied casually. Tilly raised her head regally. 
Let be the black blood, good blood, bad tempers. Her attention. <laughs> I fucking love that part so much. Good blood, bad tempers. <laughs> I don't like how she's just like, oh, good. Okay, I'm glad he got fucking cut in half. <laughs> Her attention returned back to Harry, and she spoke clearly. Harry Potter freed Dobby. Dobby bond with Harry Potter. Dobby, aren't you supposed to ask before starting a bond with a new master or mistress? Remus inquired. The little elf shrugged, towing the ground sheepishly. Dobby does as Dobby does. Can you feel the magic? Maya asked with a smile. I should probably pause, because there's, like, a chapter break there. Also, I'm gonna blow my nose. Yo, you remember Stoop Kid from Hey Arnold? Stoop Kid's gonna leave the stoop! Did you know that he was basically a lookout for drug dealers? <gasps> I never even thought about that, but that makes sense. There was a lot of stuff from Hey Arnold that was kind of questionable. Yeah. Like, the grandpa yeah, there, there's referring There's a video to out there. Yeah. There's a video out there about that. They're like, you know, stoop kids just look out for drug dealers. That's why he wouldn't leave his stoop. And I was like, dang. Oh, my God. He's totally a lookout for drug dealers. I feel like there was another one I came across recently. Um, I am going to use this as a segue into Bluey. Um, I've noticed more and more that they reference movies, like clearly reference movies. So... There's this one episode called Fairies where they're invaded by fairies and Bandit, the dad, has to dance so that the fairies will uncurse his daughter. And as he's dancing around, and he's literally doing like Irish step with rollerblades on his hand. And as he's dancing around, he goes, are you not entertained? And I'm like, ah, gladiator. Well, there's an episode called Onesies and Bingo's in a cheetah onesie and is acting like a cheetah and Bluey is in a zebra costume and getting attacked by Bingo. And she goes, ah, she's gonna eat me. And I was like, Lion King. <laughs> and like, there's just been a, there's been a bunch of, um, they play uh, Raiders, which is Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they run down a hallway as a giant yoga ball is running towards them and they have to like jump out of the way. So like the more I watch it, the more I've been picking up. And there's been so fucking many, like it is such a smart show. There's so many goddamn layers. It's like a fucking onion or an ogre. But, um, but yeah, no, it's great. And now that is, there's Easter eggs called long dogs where you see like a dachshund uh, animated into like, it'll be like in the wood grain or something. I don't have the eye for that shit because when I watch TV, I don't actually watch it. I just kind of listen and or read the subtitles. But because I listen and or read the subtitles, I catch the movie quotes. So it's just been really fun to like, catch some of them because like the she's gonna eat me i was like that's fucking boomba <laughs> so it just it made me really happy but also now that you're on tiktok my only request there are bluey episodes on there and one of them it is not on disney plus yet so you have to watch it on tiktok it is called granny mobile and there's this side character who's their cousin, who is this horrible toddler, who is honestly very representative of the reality of having a two or three year old, um, because she is 
<laughs> I was watching it tonight with Jimmy and he was like, wait, Greeny Mobiles is he's like, that's the episode with the terrorist character. Right. And I'm like, muffin. And he goes, yeah, that one. I'm like, Jesus Christ. But he, he is right. She is something of a terrorist in the show, but it's fucking hilarious. And it is hands down my favorite episode now. But with that, let's go ahead and finish this episode because we are oh, so close. One more thing. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the clock app, if any of our listeners have an opinion or a suggestion of what my username should be, tell me yes. because I need to. I Name need to change talk. it. Name yeah. cats talk. I, I need to change it, and I just have what I have because I just thought of it, and it sounds very dirty, and I get to change it on the nineteenth. So. Somebody give me a suggestion. Preferably something without kitty cat in it. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Somebody help me. Anybody. (laughs) As a friendly reminder, her name is Catherine with a K, uh, and she has a doctorate of psychology in industrial and organizational psych. So, and is also pursuing a master's in social media marketing. Yes. Done. You're done? Yes. I'm done. Fucking shit, dude. My my graduation date was technically February second, but I couldn't walk in the cere- Yeah, I I couldn't walk in the ceremony, so they let me change the date so I can participate in the May one if I can make it. <laughs> so congratulations on your fourth fucking degree. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, no, I'm trying to cut that out of my vocabulary. Cheese and crackers. Yeah. Full sail is weird though, because like they do different ceremonies in the same day, so it can last from like six a.m. to like five at night because you go in like groups. Yep. So and I won't know what my time is until like the month before, so I don't know if I can go, but I kind of want to go because I want to know what this campus looks like. <laughs> but anywho. <sighs> Hannah Beth is going to kill us. This is the last degree, guys. I'm not going back to school ever again. I'm done. I can't handle this. Done. Betting begins at the beginning of March. (sighs) Shut up. I'm done. No more. Mm -hmm. Betting begins at the beginning of March. No more. I I can get my degree on TikTok with the (laughs) hashtag TikTok taught me because I'm learning things on there that I did not know. I told you, man. It's fucking incredible. Anyway, the dead of time. Can you feel the magic? Maya asked with a smile as she slipped out of her shoes to dig her toes into the grass outside in the orchards beneath the mass canopy of trees. Is that normal? Harry asked as he walked up to stand at her side, looking over the large expanse of land. Two sealed bondings took place right here. Your parents were married just over there. She gestured with a bright smile, the memory in her mind as though it were only months ago, which, for her, it was. And the pack bond was sealed over there. He doesn't need to hear that. (laughs) He doesn't need to know how that was done. I wouldn't be surprised if the residual magic didn't stick around for a hundred years, especially after Sirius and I are married here. Harry smiled at her. I think it'll be beautiful, Hermione. Out of curiosity, how is a pack bond sealed? Maya grinned lasciviously. 
I used to think that word was pronounced lavicious, and then I realized that the S and the C and the I come before the B. So I said that wrong for a very long time. I feel like I've mentioned that before. Maya grinned lasciviously. Don't ask questions you don't want to know the answers to. Is it that bad? Ginny would want to know every detail. She replied with a knowing grin. Harry grimaced, holding out his hands in supplication. Understood. I want to move back, Maya said, changing the subject and bowing her head. Immediately. I don't think I ever want to step foot in Grimold Place again. I should probably tell you, then, that when you said you were going to take a walk around the orchards, Sirius and Remus were transfiguring boxes so they could go and pack everything up. Dobby went with them. I still don't know how I feel about owning a house elf. I don't think Dobby has given you much choice. Cherish him and the bond. I can't tell you how happy I am to know that Tilly survived. Mistress calls for Tilly? The house elf said as she popped into the orchards between Maya and Harry. Maya chuckled affectionately. No, Tilly, you're fine. Why don't you take a few days off? Tilly glared at her, offended. Mistress thinks she's very funny. Tilly has... has something for Mistress. Young Master can use it if he wishes, she said, glancing up at Harry, anxiously tugging on the end of one ear as she removed a sealed envelope from out of thin air and slowly handed it up toward Maya. Maya recognized the handwriting on the envelope immediately, and her heart caught in her throat. What is this? Mistress Lily leaves it, Tilly whispered, and then disapparated away. My mum left you a letter? Harry asked, his brows furrowed. The writing on the envelope had Maya Potter addressed on the front in crimson script. The back had been sealed with gold wax, with the sigil of House Potter. Maya broke the seal immediately, and, hand-shaking, removed a folded piece of parchment, opening it to reveal more of Lily's handwriting. "'Mother of Merlin,' she whispered in awe, cleared her throat, and began reading aloud. "'My dearest Maya, sister, sister-in-law, and favorite marauder wrangler. How strange it is to write a letter to someone who is supposed to be dead. You've been gone for almost two years now, and it still doesn't feel like it's real.' "'which I suppose it's not, because you're not really gone, are you?' "'I learnt some funny things about house-elves this week. First, house-elves call their masters and mistresses only by that title, "'referring to others by their titles followed by their names to differentiate. "'Did you know that even though Tilly calls James Master, "'she refers to me as Mistress Lily? "'My curious nature got the better of me, and I asked our favourite elf,' little elf, why that was, and she informed me that a house elf only takes on a new master or mistress when it is either freed or its previous master or mistress dies. Surprised, I asked, but Tilly, even though I don't care to be your official mistress if you don't want me to be, you do know that Maya died, don't you? And do you know what our favorite little house elf told me? A fantastical story about a witch I once knew, a time-turner, and a letter from a werewolf." Oh, Maya, is it true? I want it to be true, I asked Tilly for proof, because it seems just insane. She said she didn't know where the supposed letter was, but that she had read it before and recited it to me from memory. I asked her why she hadn't said anything to any of us before now, and she says that, dead or not, people needed to mourn you because you were gone, even if one day you would come back. I want you to come back. I'd like to wait for you to come back but I don't think I'll see you again, will I? 
The letter Tilly recited to me from memory never mentioned James or myself. Remus wrote it, but he only talked about Sirius, so I can only assume that some time between now and then, we die. I think... I think I'm okay with that. Do you know why that is, dear sister of mine and fellow descendant of the magically disinclined? Because Tilly says that Harry lives. Oh, Maya, I can't even begin to tell you how worried I've been. This war is horrible, and I've been nothing but a mess of nerves forcing myself to try and enjoy motherhood as I'm supposed to, but instead I feel like an anxious lioness hovering over her cub and searching in the shadows for predators. Knowing that he makes it out of this war has taken the weight of the world from my shoulders. Maya tore her focus away from the letter briefly to wipe at the tears that were obscuring her vision, fearing they would drip onto the parchment and smudge the ink of Lily's familiar handwriting. She smiled when she felt Harry's hand on her shoulder. Keep reading, he pleaded. Maya, I wish you could see this little boy. The potter hair and the brightest green eyes in the world. He looks so very sweet and innocent when cuddled in my arms or riding James's shoulders, but you know the very moment that Sirius walks into the room, Harry's eyes light up, and I can just see trouble. The pair of them are impossible to deal with, but I love it. I wish Sirius came by more, but he, Remus, and Peter are always away on missions. Maya, they are such a mess without you. Remus has lost the sparkle in his eyes, and Sirius is an empty shell of a man. Tilly and that letter assured me that everything will work out for you all, and that brings me relief. To know that you'll come back to them and pull them out of this horrible darkness. To know that the war will be over one day and that our side will be victorious. To know that Harry will have you as a friend and speaking as someone who grew up, who grew up with the privilege of such an acquaintance. I can say that my little boy is in for a treat. Take care of my sweet boy for me, Maya. He's the most precious thing in the world. Take care of Remus and Sirius and yourself as well. Mostly, be happy. Doria once told me that it was the quality of the years, not the number that were given. So if you really are still alive somewhere, just waiting to come home, please fill that life with quality. Fill it with love. It's a powerful kind of magic, isn't it? Love, Lily. Well, I forgot about that letter. <laughs> well. <sighs> Fuck. Shia got some tears from you for her skin, so that's pause, I guess. <sighs> Fuck you. And Shia. <coughs> and I'm out of my tea. But that is a wrap on this chapter. Let's see, next is 49, and how many chapters do we have? 54. Dang. Final six, oh, 53. 54 is actually just a thank you. So uh, 
Next week starts the countdown of the final five, two of which are epilogues. <sighs> I'm not ready. I Listening to Lauren Graham talk about how she cried at every single part of filming the Gilmore Girls Year in a Life and how she just like every single scene she just bawled her eyes out and I'm like that's that's gonna be me the final episode of the show yeah I mean I'm sad but I'm also excited too because I need to know how this crap ends like I have to know like this is driving me nuts <laughs> and I have a feeling I'm gonna years. Yeah, and I have a feeling I'm going to feel, like, really stupid and be like, why didn't I see this coming? Or some kind of feeling. No, I think think it gets tied up nicely. I mean, the biggest... I would say I think the biggest surprise you've already gotten past, which is Maya coming back. So, like, from here, this is, I think, mostly just, like, her taking care of business and getting ready to, you know... Like, I wouldn't, I want to set you up for success um, and not disappointment. So, like, I I can't really remember how the story ends, but I feel like there's not, like, any big, like, twists. Like, there's definitely exciting things that happen, but there's no, like, last minute (gasps) where, like, you know, Maya suddenly, like, disappears or, well, I mean, she does, but no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay, thank the people. Oh, yeah, right. Let's give a big thank you to our February patrons. We'd like to thank our February dogs, stags, and wolves. We'd like to thank Jenny, Porch Moss, and Marley. And a big huge thank you to all of our January foxes. Muggle Trucker, Um Bitches Gettin' Stitches, Tyler Maria, Anthony Farah, Professor Magana Got It Going On, Tori, Stacy, Sandra, Patrick, Camille, Martina, Kayla, Shannon, Claire, Shauna, Nicole, Ryland, Crystal, Kenny, Jordan, Carissa, Sarah, Tiffany, Rachel, Mommers, Kaylin, Karina, Audrey, April, Diana, Carly, Melissa, Aggie Mae, Cassie, Ryder, Tessa, Cauldron Mist, Samantha, Sylvia, Crystal, Dan, Misha, Kendra, Jillian, Jesse, Juliana, Chris, Becky, Miriam, Brittany, Frau Holly, Matthew, Jasmine, and Cheryl. Thank you again so much. You guys are the reason that we continue to be able to bring you this show. And I realize that we should have said this last episode and at the beginning of this episode. So if you're still listening, I appreciate it. But uh, we are, for those of you who are not following the Facebook group, we are moving to a bi-weekly schedule to accommodate the onslaught of work and children and work and life. (coughs) So uh, we appreciate you guys being understanding. I know it's kind of dragging out the final season, but um, it was something that we needed to do instead of disappointing you guys and having to sporadically post it's just easier to switch to bi-weekly and that way you guys aren't disappointed we have a little more wiggle room on when we record and life is good because uh recording weekly is something of a process when you're coordinating three schedules across two time zones with two children who are fighting naps and a person who is dealing with (coughs) uh being overwhelmed at work and balancing a social life and 
dealing with her own medical stuff. So like th- th- there's a lot going on with everybody. So thank you for being understanding. We appreciate you. And we will see you next. Fire Whiskey Friday. Whatcha? Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, fwhpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.